Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Good morning, Mount Calvary Nation and friends. I guess it is good morning now. (laughs) Welcome all of you that are in the house today, um, that are watching on Facebook and on the internet. Praise the Lord. He has taken us through another week. And whatever happened, one thing we know that he was there with us. Amen. Hallelujah. My scripture this morning will come from the book of Psalms. I'll be reading Psalms 100 and I'll be reading from the King James Version. A psalm of praise and thanksgiving. If you can stand for the reading of God's word. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing know ye that the Lord is God it is he that have made us and not we ourselves we are his people the pastor the sheep of his pastor enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations oh gracious heavenly father we thank you lord we thank you for this is a day that you have made god your word says be glad and rejoice in it and father we rejoice knowing that you are our god and we are your children lord god god we thank you this morning lord god we thank you for your mercy We thank you for your grace that you give to us freely. We thank you for your unconditional love that covers us, Lord God. We thank you for your son, Jesus, whose blood our salvation is covered in, Heavenly Father. Oh, God, we prepared a service for you here today, God. We come to worship you in spirit and in truth. But have your way here today, Lord God. Let your spirit run free here today, God. God bless the participants that will be serving us today, Lord. The musicians, the deacons, the ushers, Heavenly Father, bless the music ministry, Lord God, and bless our singing, us singing team, Lord God, our praise team as they come, God. And oh God, we ask you to keep your hand of protection over our pastor, Lord God. Bless him as he brings the word today, Lord God. Bless his family, our first family, Lord God. And God, open our ears today in our hearts that we may hear and receive. I pray to you right now in the mighty, matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Put your hands together. Put your hands together for the word. Put your hands together before we say a mighty God that is able. Just look at your neighbor and just wave at him. Show some love. That's what God's about. We may not be able to see the, the smile on our faces, but we can see the smile in our eyes and the smile on our heart. You know, I was reading in the Bible, Isaiah 59, and with everything that we're going through, and we're going through, we have not stopped in it. We're going through. Isaiah 59 says, the spirit, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise a standard. And it doesn't look like it used to look. It will never look like it used to look. Yesterday's gone. 
We're basing the future of faith. And God says, it doesn't look, right. it doesn't look the same because he's bringing you to glory to glory. And that means he's raising a standard that we can face anything. Face anything. Because God loves us. And he has a providential place for us. That's why we're here today. And you know, praise is a weapon. Praise is not a service. We were created to praise. So I'm not here to praise God for you. I'm here to praise God because he has blessed me. And he said he's going to continue to bless me. You can put your hands together. You don't have to wait on nobody. As a matter of fact, pick, put your feet. Pick your feet up. Pick your feet up. That means you got some legs to move. You got some arms to wave. You got hands to, to shake. So you praise him for yourself. Praise him for yourself. You worship God for yourself. And watch God move. Watch God move. Don't wait on things to happen. You shout now. You're standing here because God has blessed you. Put your hands together one more time. And then we're going to sing this song. Jesus be a fence all around us. And I don't want to sing it. I want you to sing it with me. Let's sing it to the God who is able. You can put your hands together. You out there in Facebook, internet, on the streets. Come on and join us. Jesus, Jesus, be a fence. Come on. All around me every day. I'm asking you to protect me, Lord. Sing 
keeps there. Lord, your faith has brought me every day. Come on now, Jesus, be a bit. You gotta say it for yourself. Jesus, be a Jesus, be a fence. Jesus, be a Oh, be a fence. Jesus, be a Cause I need protect. 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 Along the Salvation. Salvation. His glory. His glory. My story. My story. Along the way. Along the way. Along the way, along the way, along the way, be a fence. Jesus, be a fence. Oh, be a fence. Jesus, be a fence. Jesus, be a man. Come on and be a man. Jesus, be a man. Come on and be a man. Jesus, be a man. Come on and be a man. Jesus, be a man. Come on and be a man. Jesus, be a man. Come on and be a man. Jesus, be a man. Come on and be a
Jesus Christ. Thank you. You may be seated. God has kept us safely through another week and has allowed us to see the start of a new one. And we're grateful. We're grateful. Welcome to all those who are here uh, in the building, here in the sanctuary. Those who have come together for corporate worship, welcome to you. And welcome to those who are joining us virtually today in worship online. We thank God for the technology that allows us in these difficult and unprecedented times to be together for worship virtually. And we thank God for the people behind the technology who make that possible every week. We're grateful. Let me make a few observations at this point uh, in the worship experience. Uh, there are a couple of uh, prayer requests I, I want you to add to your uh, list. For one, uh, Sister Janet Norfleet, uh, I got word, uh, had a heart attack last week, and, uh, and she is in the hospital. Would you please keep her in your prayers? Uh, also, Ms. Marva Jett, her sister passed. Uh, would you keep her in your prayers and that family in your prayers as well? Uh, her funeral is going to be on Tuesday in Indianapolis. Um, one, Sister Angel Hamilton is, uh, is going for her STNA, uh, State Tested Nursing Assistant. I think that's what that stands for. Her, her testing this week. Uh, would you pray for her as well as she goes and nails it? Uh, right, nope, if I go in order, then I won't mess up. Uh, for quite a while, uh, for most of my pastorate, um, Mrs. Dorothy Barr led the, uh, the first aid team. And, um, and a couple of years ago, I asked uh, for, for us to structure that a little differently. The first aid team um, is now a separate team from pulpit care. Uh, Mrs. Pam Burnham leads the first aid. Uh, you may hear them referred to as FAST. That's the uh, first aid service team. All of them are medically trained, uh, medically ready to handle if an emergency comes up. And, uh, and I appreciate Ms. Pam Burnham and that team uh, for the job that they do and for being always at the ready. Uh, 
the pulpit care team whose responsibility it is to care for um, any of the pulpit guests or whoever is preaching, um, that team, I have asked Mrs. Ann Grady, uh, stand up, Miss Grady, would you please? Um, Mrs. Grady came, and um, she's been at Mount Calvary for a few years now, and uh, she is going to be leading the pulpit care team. Uh, Miss Burnham, is Miss Burnham here? I don't think I, I don't think I saw her. Although behind these masks is hard to tell. All right. Um, if you are interested in serving on the pulpit care team in particular, because uh, they're, they're going to need some extra help uh, as we're separating these ministries, uh, one thing I told both ministry leaders is I'm not asking you all to split the ministry in half. I'm asking you to get more people to serve. Right? That's, I, we're, not, we're not splitting it in half, getting half in each one. We need more people to serve right? Uh, if you are interested in, uh, if you're interested in pulpit care team, would you please contact Ms. Ann Grady at 937-838-9266. 937-838-9266. All right. Thank you so much. Um, Brother Colbert, are you here today? Are you ushering? All right, he's not here. One of our members, uh, Deacon Sandifer, brought me uh, something out of the paper this week. Brother Michael Colbert, um, who serves uh, as an usher here in the church, but serves the county uh, as Montgomery County's administrator, right? Um, the, uh, the county commissioners get the credit while he does all the work. Is that, That's the way that works. Uh, he runs the county, all right? Uh, well, he just attended uh, the National Association of Counties, uh, their annual conference in Prince George County, Maryland last month. And while there, he was elected vice president of the National Association of County Administrators. So, uh, congratulations, Brother Michael Colbert. If you see him, uh, Make sure you congratulate him and tell him how proud we are as a church family of him. Frankie Barr, is she in the building? Okay. Um, Frankie Barr uh, was one of two who was, uh, she is an investigative probation officer and she has been named senior investigative probation officer effective July 26. Graduate of the University of Dayton, she's been working for the court since 2016 and we are proud, uh, Miss Frankie, if you're watching now, we are proud as a church family of your promotion and uh job well done and keep on making us proud awesome if you if you see miss frankie make sure you congratulate her would you uh we do have a card of thanks from brother bryson terrell uh one of our uh seniors who just graduated he thanks us for the generous gift it's greatly appreciated I am excited about the new step I'm about to enter in my life and looking forward to making everyone proud of me. Please keep me in your prayers as support is instrumental to my success. That's Bryson Terrell, Miss Jody's grandson. Riley Manuel, are you here? 
or little TT? They're who? Oh, they're recuperating from yesterday. They were in a competition yesterday. Uh, they are part of RP Blazing Stars drill team. And they went to competition yesterday, the, the Legacy Boomers Day competition. And they came in second place. Congratulations, uh, Ms. Riley and Ms. TT and your families. Uh, Elise Hill Wright, are you here? How about Faith Wright? So, Kaylin Hill Wright is probably not here. All right, that's, uh, I think they're all one family. Kimberly Thomas, are you here? Oh, there you are. This church membership certificate is presented to Kimberly Thomas in recognition of her successful completion for the prescribed requirements for full membership in the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church that entitles her to all rights, benefits, and privileges of this fellowship this first day of August 2021. Welcome officially. God bless you. And Willie Brown, are you here? Yes, sir. Welcome to the family officially. God bless you, sir. Whoops, I, f I forgot, y'all. Forgive me. I'm used to handshaking. Y'all can discreetly pull some sanitizer out of here and <laughs> I won't be offended. Speaking of COVID protocols, I appreciate you, Mount Calvary family. Uh, those who are uh, those who are coming in the building to worship, thank you for your patience. Thank you for your understanding. Listen, we are still in a pandemic. Uh, we are still being cautious, and um, we still want to make sure that we do our utmost to keep everybody safe who comes in to worship. I do just want to uh, to make mention of the fact that we are still observing protocols. And, uh, and so if the usher seats you in a place where you don't want to sit, we appreciate that you don't want to sit there, but please just agree quickly and, uh, and cooperate with the ushers as they have a plan and, uh, and they know exactly what they're doing. All right. Uh, thank you for understanding the mask mandate. Um, just when you think you can start to let down guard, um, then a new variant pops up. And, uh, and we're just going to stick with what we know is working, okay? I did want to say something about that and to say thank you for observing it. Before uh, the music ministry comes, I ask Miss Tracy uh, Ross, I told you all a few weeks ago she was going to be moving uh, back to uh, the Texas area, the Houston Texas area and uh, and this is going to be her last Sunday and I just wanted her to say uh, farewell for herself uh, and so Miss Tracy if you'll come and then the choir will come and then we'll go on to Acts chapter uh, 27.
Good morning, Mount Calvary. Praise the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. Amen. Well, I won't be before you long, but Pastor asked, and I want to be obedient. So I just want to start off by simply saying thank you. Thank you for allowing me to fulfill my call and develop my gifts and talents here at Mount Calvary. When I came to Dayton almost 20 years ago, I came to go to school. And um, I was here about a month, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, I want you to help young Moses. And immediately, I knew who that was, and I knew why I was really here. So I joined Mount Calvary, and I got busy. When I became a member, I had no idea what skills or talents I possessed. I just had a heart to serve. With the love and support of my Mount Calvary family, I found out I had gifts to motivate others and to help them uh, discover their own gifts through the new members class as an instructor. I got to share the love of studying the word of God as a Sunday school teacher and a Bible study teacher. I was given the opportunity to love and nurture the youth as a youth leader. I cherished the opportunity to teach others how to reverence God and bring him glory through praise and worship as the worship ministry's director. I'm grateful for the opportunity I received to help others experience the power of prayer and intercession during the prayer, um, as the prayer director, as well as the opportunity to declare the life-changing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ as a minister of the Mount Calvary Ministerial Alliance. In all of my doing, if I've done anything to help anyone, it was to the glory of God, and Jesus gets all the praise. But I want to say this, I am not an anomaly. There is nothing incredibly unique about me. I'm just available. God uses people who are available, and I'm a living witness that he'll take your little and make it much if you yield yourself to him. God has given every person under the sound of my voice gifts and talents, and their purpose is to edify and to build up the body of Christ. First Corinthians says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifest manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Ephesians tells us that Christ gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip us for the works of service that we may build up the body of Christ. So I want to encourage you today as I leave here, if I've done anything, I've served. And I want you to know that that is what God intends for us to do. He wants us to put our hands to something. It tells us in... Um, it tells us in Titus that we need to get busy because we know he's coming back. And I just want to encourage you, if you find something for your hand to do, I want you to do it. Because Ecclesiastes says, whatever you find your hand to do, do it with might. So, saints, I love you. 
I thank you for allowing me to serve along with you, and I encourage you to get busy if you're not busy, and to stay busy if you are. Amen? Amen. one. Hallelujah. Can you just lift up your hands? Hallelujah. Well, his spirit is here. Hallelujah. We give him honor, praise, and glory. It is in your name we give him praise.
your hands to our excellent God. Our excellent Lord deserves an excellent praise. What a mighty God he is. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 27 is where we're headed. Just one verse of scripture today. chapter 27 at verse 25 and here is what it says from the King James version of the Bible wherefore sirs be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me NIV says it like this so keep up your courage men for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. New American Standard Bible says it like this. Therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Acts chapter 27, verse 25. You may be seated. Lady C's got to run and uh, take care of some other duties. <sighs> I first preached this message, this passage rather, about 15 years ago. And um, our study of the book of Acts has brought us back to Acts chapter 27. And the truth is still the truth. When we were last in our study two weeks ago, Paul had gone to Jerusalem where he had been forewarned that there was bondage and affliction waiting for him. And when he got there, he found that that's exactly what there was. It doesn't take long for things to start happening just like the Holy Ghost said it would. He gets arrested. He is led from judgment hall to judgment hall because no one really has any prosecutable crime with which to charge him. But what he gets is great opportunity to present the gospel. Before devout Jews, 
before the Roman court with the chief captain, before the Sanhedrin council, before Festus. And when we were together last time I was preaching, uh, we saw him before Agrippa, who told him, speak for yourself. You remember? And so Paul once again shared his testimony, how that on his way to Damascus with authority and commission from the high priest, he was going to persecute Christians. He saw a bright light and heard a voice. He testified about how he had a conversation with Jesus, the one whom he was persecuting, and how that changed everything. And Agrippa said, Paul, all this learning has made you crazy. And Paul says to him, I'm not crazy, I'm just changed. Anyway, Agrippa and Festus really found no fault in Paul, and they would have let him go, but he had already appealed to Caesar, and so it was determined that he had to go to Rome. And that brings us to the beginning of chapter 27, where Paul is delivered to a centurion named Julius. Many of you have heard the story. They boarded the ship intending to sail by the coast of Asia. Julius, the centurion, was kind enough to Paul to allow him to be with his friends for a little while so they could take care of him, meet his needs. And they eventually left and sailed under Cyprus because of rough winds. They sailed over the Sea of Sicilia and Pamphylia and came to the little city of Lycia called Myra. And there the centurion found an Alexandrian ship headed for Italy and uh, a ship that, had, um, that was from Egypt carrying grain to Italy. And they sailed slowly for many days. They came to a place called the Fair Havens and stayed there for a while. But because of the time of year it was, it was about the middle of October and they knew that that was a dangerous place to be in the wintertime. Uh, so they wanted to keep on sailing. Now Paul tried to tell them, uh, Sirs, I perceive that if we go further, we are going to uh, take on a lot of damage and hurt. Not just uh, the stuff that's on the ship, but the ship and us. But the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship instead of believing the man of God. That's a different sermon for a different day. They knew winter was coming and they didn't want to stay there, so they went ahead and sailed anyway. The south wind blew softly. They set sail, but it wasn't long that a strong wind came up. and They couldn't hold up against the wind, so they just had to let the wind take the ship wherever the wind was going to take the ship. Uh, they could feel the storm coming. There was nothing they could do about it. So the Bible says they undergirded the ship. I'm just walking you through chapter 27. They bound the ship together literally with cables so that when the storm got going for real, it wouldn't break the ship apart as, at least as much as they could, uh, as they could tell. The storm kept tossing the ship. The next day they start throwing stuff overboard. The, the third day they start throwing out furniture and excess tackle. And by the time you get to where we're going today, uh, it has been days since they've seen the sun in the day or even stars at night. These are sailors who navigate by the sun in the daytime and the stars at night. And they haven't seen either one for several days. 
And that brings us to the passage that was read in your hearing. And let me go ahead and give you the subject now. Here it is. I want to preach from this subject. I believe God, we will survive. I know that you can't look at anybody. They can't read your mouths. But if you got a phone, you can text somebody. You can put it on social media. Make sure you tell somebody, I believe God. Say it with me. I believe God. We will survive. Brothers and sisters, I am coming to learn. I'm coming to learn that in all of our lives, all of us, without exception, at some point, a storm or storms will come. Often at several junctures of our lives, we are faced with storms. We may not all have the same storm. There are different types of storms. There are emotional storms when multiple aspects of life seem to be swirling around you, leaving you disoriented and discouraged and disillusioned. That's a storm. There are familial storms. When your marriage is shaky and your children are flaky. Brother Bill, Ming, Brother Bill Ming used to sing it like this. When your house doesn't feel like home. And your family is all around you but you're still alone. That's a storm. There are physical storms when it seems like your own body is betraying you. When the report from the doctor makes you sicker than you were when you went to see her. That's a storm. There are financial storms when no matter how hard you try, you just can't seem to get ahead, just can't seem to make ends meet. The month is longer than your money. And just when you think it might be settling down, another emergency expense pops up. That's a storm. There are spiritual storms when the enemy is kicking up a lot of dust, making a lot of noise, Roaring like a lion, trying to distract you from the plan and promises of God, trying to intimidate you, you into disbelief, attacking your mind, attacking your finances, attacking the ones you love. That's a storm. But I've come to tell you this day that I believe God and we will survive. Now, I don't mean any harm. I know that somebody told you, child, when you see the storm coming, just rebuke it. I know. I know that somebody told you that you should speak to that storm and it has to stop. And I have to tell you that I agree. There are some storms that you can speak to. Huh? There are some times when we, with the authority that God has given, can speak to the situation and it must move. There was a song that came out a few years ago. It went something like, I told the storm to pass. Storm, you can't last. Go away. I command you to move today. And there are some storms like that. And I pray that you encounter them. But if I can borrow the words of my mother, just keep on living. Because saints, I don't care what somebody told you. There are some storms that you just have to endure. There are some storms that no matter how loud and long you pray, no matter how many times you anoint yourself and everybody around you, 
No matter how many times you dance your dance, no matter how many special offerings you give, no matter how many healing lines you stand in, no matter how many times you turn around and touch your neighbor, no matter how many tongues you speak in, no matter how many demons you try to rebuke, there are some storms that are not moving until the Lord moves it. And you just have to endure it until it reaches its scheduled end. But I have good news today. I believe God and we will survive. Just like Paul was able to reassure his shipmates, his words can reassure us today. You see, the crew of the ship, when, when the storm was uh, upon them, they threw out some anchors to try to save themselves and to try to sh save the ship, but their anchors failed. But if we look closely at the text, Paul had some anchors of his own. They held him in place. They held him steadfast and unmovable, and they did not fail even while the storm was raging let me show you what those are uh, so that we can realize that we have those same anchors and we'll survive here's number one the presence of God Paul said in verse 23 there stood by me the angel of God a messenger of God in the midst of the storm somebody that they can't see is also on the ship it's not just the captain and the crew of the ship it's not just Paul and his crew on the ship. It's not just the other prisoners on this ship. There is a presence that, that most of them cannot see while they're going through the storm. The one who boxed in the sea in the first place. The one who is dispersing the lightning from its place. The very one who cuts a channel for the torrents of the rain. The one who cuts the path for the thunderstorm. The one who makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He is with them in the storm. Paul says that one, that the one I belong to is with me. The one I serve is right here with me. Right here on the ship in the storm. He didn't come to stop the storm but he spoke to me through his angel to tell me everything is going to be alright I want to tell you today as a messenger of God don't be afraid because you have the presence of God you are not alone even though you may walk through the valley of the shadow of death you don't have to fear because the Lord is with you his rod and his staff they comfort you as a matter of fact wherever you go goodness and mercy are following behind you his presence is with you. Don't you know you're the temple of the Holy Ghost and he may not come to stop the storm. I know you don't want to hear that right now but the truth is he may not come to stop the storm but at least you know he's in there with you. It reminds me a few months ago my family and I took a little vacation. We traveled to Florida and we went by plane. The plane was the vehicle to get us to our destination the problem is that one of my children and I promised them that I would stop naming names so I won't the problem is that one of my children in particular does not like flying on airplanes I mean nail biting body tensing 
almost paralyzing fear. <laughs> but daddy, who has something planned for her at the other side of the trip, something planned for her that's going to bless her, has made arrangements for her to get to where daddy wants her to be. And so she just has to trust me and ride the vehicle that's going to take her to the place I have planned for her to be. This is not her first plane ride. And so Chanel and I have uh, tried a few things to make her a little more comfortable uh, knowing that our child is really fearful about flying. We've tried some different approaches. We have tried keeping her up the night before. So hopefully she'll sleep and rest on the plane. That didn't work. We've tried giving her Dramamine to knock her out. That doesn't work. Her fear keeps her wide awake. We've even tried Benadryl and that didn't work. There is only one thing that brings our daughter any comfort while on the plane. That is the presence of her father. From the moment we get on the plane, she's right up under me, making sure that she sits right beside me, making bargains with her siblings to make sure she gets the seat that's right beside me. She sits down beside me, puts up the armrest that would separate us so she can scoot a little closer. And then when turbulence starts, because that's what happens on the vehicle, when turbulence starts, she'll grab my arm just so she can feel me, bury her face in my arm, just knowing that daddy is on board may not make the ride pleasurable but at least it's bearable until I get to where daddy wants me to be all I'm trying to get you to see is that you have his presence and there is some place he's trying to take you and the ride may not feel good but I promise you once you get there Not only does Paul have the presence of God as an anchor, but number two, he has the promises of God. You see, God had already told him back in chapter 23 at verse 11 that he had to go to Rome to testify. And the angel here reminds him in verse 24, don't be afraid, you must be brought before Caesar. Through his messenger, God is saying to Paul, in essence, I'm going to get you where you need to be even though you have to go through something to get there. And Paul could encourage those around him because he understood that if the Lord promises something, it shall come to pass. Paul was convinced that God would do what he said. Paul knew that what he has promised, he was able to perform. And let me encourage you today to hold on to God's promises. Hebrews 6 verse 18 says, it is impossible for God to lie. And I want to tell you that your storm does not stop his promises. The Lord promised, Psalm uh, 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming. He promised in Psalm 35, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but 
The Lord delivers him out of them all. He promised through the Apostle Paul in Romans 8.18 that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's coming. Uh, he promised everything is working together for good to you who love him and are the called according to his purpose. He promised in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul had some anchors to keep him grounded while he was going through the storm. He had the presence of God. He had the promises of God. But then Paul's final anchor reveals that he has, number three, the providence of God. Paul understood. I'm almost done. He understood that our, our all-knowing God directs the universe and the affairs of humankind after his own will that's what providence is let me say it again Paul understood that our all knowing God directs the universe not just sees it directs it and the affairs of humankind after his own will Paul knew what I've been trying to tell you for 17 years that God does not have a plan B I know I'm in the word Psalm 33 says the plan of the Lord stands firm forever and while I may not understand the way that God is taking me to get to where he wants me to be while it may take a while for me to get there while I wish that it were a straight shot from here to destiny I've come to understand that that is not generally the way God moves and I don't know about you but I trust him is there anybody here in this sanctuary? Anybody watching online who can say, Lord, I may not understand you, but I trust you. Can I show you, can I show you a scripture that we really probably wish wasn't even in the Bible? We like the first part of, we, we like the first part of it. It's Isaiah 45 and uh, where, where God says this, I am the Lord and there is no other apart from me. There is no God. I will strengthen you. We like that, don't we? Though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. We like that. But by the time we get down to verse 7, check out what it says. It says, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. That's, that's Bible. I didn't make that up. Listen, it's easy to accept the sunshine of God's plan. But sometimes the storm is his plan. <laughs> it's easy to accept the prosperity of his plan. 
sometimes it's hard to take the disaster of his plan. And Isaiah 45, the Lord said, I make both of them. Listen, that, that, that's why the Holy Spirit moved Andre Crouch to write, I thank God for the mountains. And I thank God for the valleys. Lonnie Hawes used to sing it. I thank God for the trials that he brought me through. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. And I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. But through it all, I've learned to trust I know they can't read your mouth, but just look at somebody across the sanctuary and tell them I wouldn't be half the man. I wouldn't be half the woman I am right now if God had taken me on a straight shot. <laughs> There's been some light and some darkness, some up and some down, some prosperity and some famine, some health and some sickness, but I am who I am today. Let, let, let me... Let me say this. God had a storm planned with Paul's name on it because there are some people in Malta in the next chapter who need to be saved. It was God's breath blowing the wind that blew that ship to exactly where it needed to be so somebody could get saved in the next chapter it was God's guiding hand guiding the ship God has to get Paul to Malta or Melita depending on which version of the Bible you have because there are people there who need to be saved there are people there who need to be healed in the next chapter and I want to remind you today that your storm is no surprise to God as a matter of fact before you even knew you were in a storm that storm had your name on it because there is something waiting for you in the next chapter of your life and God knew you wouldn't walk there and so so he blew his breath and blew your little ship off course because the storm is not designed to take you out the storm is designed to take you over just look at me, I'm your neighbor right now and shout, this storm was not designed to take me out. It was designed to take me over. It was designed to take you to what's next. It was designed to take you to what's waiting for you because your best days are not behind you. They are in front of you and he knew that you wouldn't go strolling in. Let me close. I'm going to try to preach this like I feel it. I wish I could. I've come today as a messenger of God. As the assigned angel to the church of God at Mount Calvary. I've come to tell you that there is another chapter in your life and I know 
you may be in the storm right now but let me boldly declare just like Paul I believe God I know it's dark but I believe God I know this hurts but I believe God I know what it looks like but I believe God now is not the time for you to be trying to jump ship I believe God hold on and don't let go I believe I believe God and we will survive even if the ship gets destroyed we will survive even if what's been carrying you gets destroyed we will survive even if we have to hold on to broken pieces we will survive even if we have to swim ashore we will survive I believe God that no matter what you're going through today everything is gonna be alright why do you believe that because the Bible says he was wounded for my transgressions and I believe God the Bible says he was wounded for our iniquities and I believe God the Bible says the chastisement of our peace was upon him and I believe God the Bible says with his stripes we were healed and I believe God the Bible says he died and I believe God the Bible says early on Sunday morning and he got up with all power in his hands and I believe God the Bible says thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ and I believe God I don't know about you but I believe I'm walking in victory I believe I'm talking in victory I believe victory is mine I believe it's already done I believe we've got the victory would you tell somebody don't breathe on them don't talk to them just don't don't touch them just talk to them and tell them I believe no no you gotta say it like a Baptist preacher say I believe I believe God I've got the victory I've got the victory I've got the victory I believe I believe God I believe God I believe God can I borrow from one of the old saints Miss Eva Gamlin she used to sing I believe I run on and see what the end will be I believe God and we will survive no no this isn't my stopping place no no God didn't bring me this far to leave me I believe 
and we will survive. If you know that's you, why don't you give him praise like you know it's done? Hallelujah. 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 Don't wait. You don't have to wait until the battle is over. Hallelujah. You can shout right now. Tired, but I shout. Seasick, but I shout. Tired of being on the ship, but I shout. Because I know that he's going to bring me over. As a, I'm sorry, I'm trying to let this alone. But as a matter of fact, just look around the sanctuary. If you're at home, just look around your house. I guarantee you that what you're looking at is some testimonies of some storms that people thought would take them out but just came to take them over. I guarantee that what you're looking at is some testimonies, some people who had to grab a hold of broken pieces and float in. I guarantee that what you're looking at is some people whose ship got destroyed, but they made it to the shore. We will survive the devil is a liar we will survive we will survive I'm looking at a room full of survivors. I'm looking at a room full of survivors. Storm survivors. Storm survivors. Wind survivors.
I got some good news for you. I got some good news for you. If you're here today and you have not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that now. The Bible says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. If we have one that has not yet made that confession, Today is your chance to do so. If the spirit is tugging at you now, don't let this opportunity get past you. I always say Jesus said he was coming back, but he did not say what day. He did not say what time. So don't let this opportunity pass you by. The second call is you may already accept that the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But you believe that God has called you to this place to be a part of Mount Calvary. And we need you if he's called you here. That's the second call. If you feel that God has called you to be a part of this place, you can come now. If you're at home, Facebook, Internet, go ahead and leave us a message and tell us that you've accepted him today. Amen. Are we all saved? Do we all know where we're going? Let the church say amen. Amen. And this is not an accident. I'm alive. 
everyone received the elements as we prepared to receive the Lord's Supper? There's a couple. Christ has done for us at Calvary. He's paying the price so that we could live. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, blessed it, and gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is my body given for you. Now take and eat all of it. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to his disciples, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the remission, for the payment of sins. Now take and drink all of it. And we thank God for Jesus. Go back to what you were playing before, Brother Isaiah. Let me share with you one thing and we'll get ready to get out of here. This is the Bible that my father gave me when he passed the mantle to me of pastoral leadership of this great church the fourth Sunday in September of 2004. And the 
first time that we preached through the book of Acts. I got to Acts chapter 27, preparing to preach a sermon about Paul in the storm and the shipwreck. And the way it is in this Bible, this page ends on verse 44 of chapter 27. There are 44 verses in chapter 27. And it looks like the shipwreck is the end. In this Bible that my father gave me, Almost 17 years ago, I got to verse 44, the end of chapter 27. And it looked like the shipwreck was the end. And the Holy Ghost said, and I've preached it everywhere, turn the page. turned the page and the shipwreck wasn't the end of the story there was another chapter what I thought was the end wasn't the end it was just the end of that chapter and if you don't get anything else that I've said to you today the Holy Ghost says to you turn the page because what looks like the end is just the end of a chapter he's got more written for you that's why it couldn't take you out that's when you tried to make it stop yourself when you tried to end it it didn't work because there's more written there's another chapter you just gotta turn the page all right Y'all got it? Okay. I just want you to leave encouraged. I'm alive. Come on, Valerie. I'm alive. I'm alive. Hallelujah. I'm alive. This is not an accident. And this is not an accident. I'm alive. Because there's more. There's another part that says, This is not the end. Hallelujah. Not the end. Not the end. Not the end. Don't give up. And this was not an accident. I'm alive because there's more. Then he says, There is more. Hallelujah. There is more. There is more. So much. There is more. And this is not. Hallelujah. And I 
the Lord. Y'all come on, give the Lord some blessings. Hallelujah. If you're giving today, the deacons will be at the back door if you're in the building giving. We have GiveLify, Cash App, dollar sign, M-T-C-A-L-M-B-C. The deacons will be at the back door for about an hour if you want to drive up and give. And you can give that offering to a deacon in a gloved hand. Amen. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling, present you faultless for the presence of his glory with this seating joy. The only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. Can we say amen together? Amen. God bless you all. Have a blessed week. One second, one second. If you will remain seated and let the ushers um, guide you out. If you will remain seated and let the ushers guide you out. I had to make that report. I almost forgot, but I did not want Ms. Wortham on me. <laughs> All right. God bless you. I'll wait for the ushers and they'll, they'll guide you out.